Hey, how's it going, everybody? And welcome to our uh, studio. Uh, this is uh, the second episode since the relaunch of the Hogcast. Uh, I'm Chuck Livingston. Logan Livingston here. Colby Arbro. Ringing in from uh, beautiful BB, Arkansas. And, uh, you know, guys, it's getting really close now. I think we can all feel it. Um, you know, that they kick off less than two weeks at War Memorial Stadium against uh, Florida A&M. And, uh, you know, we're going to touch on some uh, some of the guys that we think are keys to each side of the ball here in a few minutes. Uh, guys that we, we think can really make a huge impact on, um, you know, on the team this year and guys that we're really going to be counting on. But first, we just kind of want to go around and talk about Frank Broyles. You know, he died uh, last, was it Tuesday? Mm-hmm. Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon. Uh, Frank Broyles really just, uh, I mean, one of, the, one of the better Razorbacks of all time, especially for football. I mean, this is a guy that... You know, coached the team for over 20 years, won a national championship, was at eight conference titles. Uh, really the first guy to routinely beat uh, Texas, mm-hmm. which is uh, doesn't get enough. People forget always, that. People but. forget that. Always good hype there. Really built Arkansas as what it is. Because Arkansas was not anywhere close to – I mean, we're not like a powerhouse now, but we wouldn't be anywhere without Frank Broyles. He was kind of the heart and soul of – he embodies what the Arkansas Razorbacks is, like what it means and what it is. Yeah, and he kind of passed that down. Colby, what, what do you think about Frank uh, – yeah, I mean, um, you know, I knew a lot about Frank Rules, um, what he did, you know, AD, coach, uh, broadcaster before, but I think hearing all the, you know, I guess I didn't realize the national impact he made. You know, I've seen all, you know, from Nick Saban, um, Johnny Majors, uh, Vince Dooley, all of them paid their, you know, uh, respects to him and, you know, either a note or something. And, I mean, it was the whole country. I mean, anybody that's won the Brules Award, they've, you know, mentioned the impact he's made on their lives. And, um, you know, there's in the three sports we've been two national championships. Frank Rolls is the head coach of one, and then he hired the coach to win the basketball national championship. So, I mean, he's pretty much the godfather of Arkansas sports. And he also hired, you know, uh, what's the track coach's name? John McDonald. John McDonald. John McDonald. So, I mean, he's been pretty, he's been responsible for every championship Arkansas ever won. Yeah, and he honestly started like almost a, a football revolution with the whole conference realignment, bringing Arkansas to the SEC. Um, Big risk at the time, you know. Uh, I guess most people probably expected us to just go ahead and follow along with our our Southwest Conference uh, brethren, but, you know, Frank took a risk, and uh, obviously it makes sense now. It it pays off. You know, we've done pretty well in the SEC for the most part, but obviously monetarily uh, a huge difference. I know Burles is almost like a revolutionary when it comes to to raising money with the the Razorback Foundation and all these nice facilities that that have come from that. So, um, yeah, financially, from you know, a, a small state like Arkansas, it's, kind of, it's incredible how much money they pull in, you know, each year um, from the foundation that he started. Yeah, it's just he really, he really changed the game, uh, you know, with conference alignment and the money standpoint. Like, I don't, I, I can't imagine like this. I mean, people are talking about the stadium expansion that Razorback Stadium's having right now. Uh, I couldn't imagine that even being close to happening without Frank Rolls. It just wouldn't be there. Yeah, I think the interesting question, too, is after the fact, and you can kind of go back and analyze everything, did Frank have the greater impact on the football program itself as the head coach, or did he have a greater impact as an athletic director uh, running at one of the bigger universities? I mean, it's, it's an interesting question. Uh, you know, if this were ESPN first take, we would certainly, you know, we would take sides. But it, he was so impactful either way. It, it, I don't think the answer is very clear. I think as a fundraiser in general, just like kind of Logan, Logan talked about a while ago, just sitting with the Razorback Foundation, he, uh, you know, always heard that no, you know, someone donated a hundred dollars are just important. Somebody had donated a hundred thousand, so he went around the state. Just some of the stuff I heard, you know, as far as like, 
any station in Arkansas that want to broadcast a Razorback game, he made it happen. You know, he kept other schools like, you know, LSU or Ole Miss from broadcasting inside the state. So just the little things. And, I, you know, I guess that has to do with more than athletic director. But, I mean, it's just kind of incredible some of the stuff, especially in the, you know, 60s and 70s he done. Yeah, uh, Logan touched on the conference realignment earlier. You know, it's something – there were a couple of years there where there was so much of it, it made your head spin. And I think we would have arrived there anyway as a, as a college football fan base. I think it would have happened regardless. Okay, so I'm not saying that – but at the time, it really did take – I mean, a lot of guts, a lot of, you know, talks, meetings – to say, all right, you know, we're doing well in the Southwest Conference, mm-hmm. but there, you know, there are greener pastures out there, and how can we get involved in that? You know, and uh, it was, I mean, the big risk too. I know uh, I always talk to to my dad about this. He was he was because I was only I mean I was just born when we we actually joined the SEC in '92. So, and he was all con- he was very concerned about it because you know looking back, it's like a bowl game every week. You're playing Florida, you're playing Alabama, you're playing Auburn, you're playing LSU, Georgia, Georgia. You know all these squads where. You know, the Southwest Conference, you had a few really good teams, you know, your Texases, your Arkansas, but, you know, the rest of the squads were kind of, I mean, they weren't like the SEC. I mean, you know, the SEC's always been kind of a power, so there was a lot of concern there, wondering, you know, can we compete? Are we going to get, you know, are we going to be the worst team in the conference every year? And uh, that, that, does, that takes a toll on you as a program. Luckily, that did not happen. It was worth the risk. Go ahead, Colby. I think you're going to see more of the impact later down the road because the Big 12 is really unstable right now. So if it did happen to break, you know, later down the road, would Arkansas be, you know, with SEC not taking more teams at the time? So, you know, would Texas and Oklahoma be more attractive? So, who knows, you know, if Arkansas stays in the Big 12, you know, they eventually break up, you know, where would Arkansas be in the mix of things? Right. So, it really took a guy that was forward-thinking, he wasn't set in his ways, and he thought, you know, and I mean, obviously, competitively, the football program has had a couple of years where they've been especially competitive, but you know, money-wise, it's been very good. And even the, the basketball and baseball programs, to me, have been impacted in a positive way. Basketball went to back-to-back Final Fours, 94-95. They won a national title. Baseball's been in the College World Series five times, four or five times mm-hmm. under Van Horn, Dave Van Horn. And, uh, you know, so it's just I, I think that that was all made possible by the move. And, uh, you know, Frank was really one of those guys that I think, yeah, like Colby was t- was. Uh, referencing earlier, even if you're not from Arkansas, I think people know Frank Broyles and they know what he's about. And uh, you know, it was it was really a huge impact. And you know, by and large, he was a guy that was well respected, nice to people. Um, you know, he wasn't one of these tyrant type guys. You know, which some of these guys can be. Of course, you know, he's he's had his own uh, quandaries in the past. But like, generally speaking, he's just a guy that everybody really liked and respected. So uh, Frank's going to be missed. You know, he's not, he hasn't been the AD since 2007, but he's always been around. They show him on TV when he's at a ball game and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's usually wearing a red blazer and, uh, you know, he, he will, he will be missed and he's one of the better ADs I can remember. So, um, yeah, we're hoping, uh, we talked about it at dinner the other night. We're hoping they break out the 64 throwbacks again, like they did against Alabama a few years ago, uh, in, in remembrance of, of Frank. Cause we always loved those jerseys anyway, but it'd be nice to, to bring them out, uh, in, in memoriam of Frank. That'd be fine with me. But, mm-hmm. uh, Colby, any last thoughts on uh, Coach Broyles? Um, I think we can touch on it. I mean, we can go uh, – we can probably do a two-hour episode on it. Um, if, you know, there's so much to talk about. 
if you mouth off to me on the air, Colby, I will come over there. I will smack the, I will smack those steaks out your hand. I'll give I'll give you the business. Yeah, we actually had to we had to pry Colby off of his grill to get him to come and record with us. He's been uh, cooking steaks and not not giving some to the Hogcast. No, uh, crew. no, yeah. There's not a steak for us here, so I don't know if Logan's eating today. And I went to I made a quick Burger King run before. Yeah, so, so um, Colby's over there eating like a king, and we're over here going to Burger King. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really, yeah, which is the knockoff you know version. So we'll have a Hogcast party. Uh, there we go. Oh, baby. All right, well, the other thing we wanted to do here on this uh, week's episode is sort of talk about guys that we really are looking forward to seeing this year and we really need a big impact out of on each side of the football because, mm-hmm. you know, football is a team game. It's the ultimate team game, in my opinion. But, you know, there are a couple guys that kind of dictate how your season goes. I know, you know, we've talked a lot about special players in the past and, you know, Dre Greenlaw, the defense is pretty competitive when he's in the mix, and mm-hmm. then when he gets hurt, it kind of goes downhill. So we're going to go around. We're going to give you all each of the players that we think need to have a big year if the Hogs are going to be uh, as successful as we think they can be. Uh, I'm going to pick at random. Let's start with um, Logan. <laughs> all right. On the spot. Um, so, yeah, you mentioned Dre Greenlaw there. Uh, obviously, last year when he got injured, the defense took even – I know they were already horrible to begin with, but it almost took even a farther step back whenever he got injured. So – uh, my guy's Dre Greenlaw. You know, we're, we're, we're going to a new system. You know, he's a junior. Uh, he's had a lot of snaps, a lot of experience. So, uh, ruling him to step up and, and, and be the linebacker we know he can be. Um, you know, that's, that's you know, especially with the new system, a lot of young guys. Um, we're hoping his defense – I mean, it can't really be much worse. We, have, we were, like, literally 128 out of 132 on defense last year in the country. So, um, is that bad? That's not good. That's not good. So, so yeah, my guy on defense is, is Greenlaw. I think uh, he could be the heart and soul, kind of like a spate type guy uh, from back in the day. So, Jerry Franklin type per mm, se. Nice we, reference. We do we do love Jerry Franklin here on the Hogcast. He's a he's a Marion alum as as is Chuck and I. So mm. we like to throw as many bones as we can to our Marion guys. And people forget that. And people forget that he he led the team in tackles for four, four straight, straight years. years. So, uh, yeah, so hopefully Drake can do that for us. We're really going to need – the defense just has to be better. I mean, I know we're trying to highlight one guy or for each, but the defense in general, I mean, it can't get much worse. We have to get better. Somehow. Right. The, the, the general thinking behind this process is, you know, the defense, they're going to be – they're going to look different than they did last year. But their overall success sort of depends on Dre, is what Logan's referring to, mm-hmm. and his offensive player. Like, we feel like they can really add an element that maybe we didn't have last year or maybe they're trying to replace – so it's, it's really, you know, it's sort of speculation. It's kind of us just playing the guessing game at this point. But um, anyway, Logan, who's your offensive player? Well, I figure while we're just stay on defense for now okay. uh, and just go through the whole defense, we'll, we'll come back around to offense. I'll get down with that. Colby, who's your defensive guy to watch? Um, I, I pick Santos Ramirez um, mainly because the safety play has been pretty bad the last, or last few years, really. Mm. The cornerbacks wasn't too bad last year, improved a little bit, in my opinion, but it just seems like the either run support, you know, helping on the pass, the, the safety just kind of struggled. And uh, Santos Ramirez just seems like somebody that's kind of took a, on a leadership role. Seems like he's got a whole different attitude from here and is, uh, you know, you know, talking after practice and whatnot. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. I think I mentioned on the last, last uh, episode, but um, during the spring practices, he started after every practice, he would go in and watch them with Paul Rhodes, you know, so he'd say a couple hours after practice, not only watch his secondary practice, but the whole defense, so he's, he's learning it all. Um, he's elected team captain as a junior. He's only junior team captain of the four picks, so um, I think that says a lot. I think his teammates really looking up to him, and I think he's going to have to have a big year if the Razorbacks defense is going to be at least kind of middle of the pack. Um, I, I find it interesting to go in at 3-4, 
defense. You know, I think it might have been a little more scheme, um, players getting hurt. Um, but, you know, I just, you know, Arkansas don't produce a lot of talent. They don't have, you know, have just a ton of just as far as like stars on the defensive side as I'm talking about stars at a high school. Um, high-rated players, but mm-hmm. they don't have a lot of those. But I, I just can't, in my mind, how can they be the worst defense in school history? I mean, a lot of that comes, I think, from defense scheme. I think Paul Rhodes, it uh, seems like these players just love to play for him. I think there's going to be a change in attitude I'm on the defensive side. And then, you know, hopefully uh, no injuries. I think we'll see a better defense this year. Yeah, and one of those guys you were talking about as far as stars go on the defensive side of the ball, uh, he's my pick. Uh, I think McTelvin Aguim, Sosa, to those who love him, and I'm one of them. Um, I think he's a guy that, you know, they were so bad against the run, and it, it, there are a number of things involved with that. I think Greenlaw not being there and sort of, you know, missing that guy in action was, was one thing. And, you know, you face some really good running teams. But I think if you've got a guy like, like Sosa and even a cat like, um, you know, Bijan Jackson from El Dorado, like guys that can really set the, you know, sort of enforce their will at the line of scrimmage, I'm not saying that's a cure-all, but I'm saying if you've got dudes like that that can make plays, you're at least going to be more competitive and have a better chance against the run. Um, Sosa's a guy that was – I mean, he he just kind of did it all when he was in school, and, of course, he had flashes last year. I was very impressed with the snaps he played. They said he's better against the pass than the run, but uh, I think he can do it all pretty well. I mean, he's a guy that's really looked, you know, impressed in the, mm. in the spring and the fall so far. So, you know, for, for my money, you know, if, if – if a game is a guy that's able to, you know, play and play well, then I think that kind of transforms the defense, uh, especially in the three-four, where you're, you know, you're only playing three down linemen. He's not really a, uh, he's not really a, uh, you know, a DN type. I mean, I'm sure he could do it, but you know, he is a guy that gives you some versatility and stuff. And I'm just, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this scheme affects him. So uh, I th- I'm looking forward to Sosa, but you can name four or five other dudes. Yeah, I think. Um... In my opinion, one of the big things last year is the lack of pass rush. And, uh, you know, in the 4-3, a game was in, you know, playing the tackle position. But now in the 3-4, you know, they've got him, you know, more rushing outside the defensive end spot. So um, th- I think that'll be interesting um, because, they might, I mean, I think that really killed Arkansas. I mean, um, I can't remember how many teams just sat back there and just, just threw, you know, threw, you know, had 10 seconds to throw a seam lock and just found a wide open guy. Yeah, but, you know, the other side of the ball, it didn't have for Arkansas. They had no time to throw it. Yeah, hardly an ever game, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so that that's the thing, you know, sort of just uh, sort of that toughness, that athleticism. Yeah, I think, you know, him playing more of an end spot will be a situation where, you know, it, you can't really double him like you can up the middle. You can chip him with a back or a tight end, but those guys typically aren't as good at blocking. So, um, anyway, I, I, so I think so, we can all agree that Arkansas defense has been good and just had that kind of it factor about them, you know, had that swag, you know, where they tackled well, just played really aggressive. And I just felt like, I don't want to say soft, but I felt like last year's defense was kind of soft last year. Yeah, it was year. soft. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so, it was fairly you know, soft. It was charming. I mean, besides 2014, it's been a while since Arkansas just had the, you know, a, a team that would just smack you, you know, you just it, it had a, you know, a good pass rush, could stop the run. I think that's where it kind of all starts is, You'll be able to stop the run. We got to think in fourteen they had to carry Jim Chaney around. So. <laughs> Every day after practice, they, they, so they, they, they couldn't afford to be soft. They could they could be soft with Danino strolling around over there. By the way, the fourteen season, just for y- y'all that don't know or haven't followed the Twitter account that long, the fourteen season we had some of the best uh, fake conversations in the group message ever. Uh, 
and I, I'm kind of glad that those may not be released to the public, but <laughs> Jim Chaney was prom. Let me just say, Jim Chaney was prominently involved in that whole thing. I'm just saying, if we end up having a, a Jim Chaney segment, and it, you might see a Jim Chaney segment every week following the Georgia Bulldogs as well. So we'll have our normal Razorback recap during the week, and then we'll also have a, a, a Jim Chaney play of the week. If there's a Jim Chaney segment that we turn to, uh, Logan's not going to be able to wear clothes during it. It's no, just gonna, like Just be glad it's not going to be a video <laughs> podcast, because it's going to be... It's going to be wonderfully awesome because uh, Logan might have been uh, hater number one, but just a few of the names that were involved that year. Uh, uh, Mark Curls was one, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Mark Curls, yeah. uh, Jim Chaney was the star of the show. We, like John L. Smith, my parents. John L. L. wandered into the into the group message ever so often. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Coach Bill so actually think. wasn't that heavily involved, I don't think. I don't I think, know. I, don't think, I, so. I think he popped in, but I did. Have, Malzahn. Malzahn was in. I had the one where Bert was carrying the hash browns and fireball, though. So great so, meme. So he was definitely in there. Meme of the century. <laughs> so, so you got to think like George. I've been seeing like crazy expectations for him this year. I mean, national, you know, Final Four team winning. You know, everybody's on winning East, but I mean, we know better than that. Winning the OSEC, <laughs> as I'm winning, you know, going to the Final Four. So I don't know. I mean, we'll, they may we'll be, they may win the East with like nine wins, but because I mean, the East is I don't think I'm not sold on anybody in the East to be honest with you. But uh, yeah, Georgia could win the East, but they're not going to win the championship no. in any way. I mean, they, they could have a good year, but you know, I wish. I mean, again, we've all seen Jim come, Chaney. We know right, the, yeah. Jim, the Jim Chaney effect is worth two games. You're going to lose two games. For sure. You, you can prove them through, uh, during his time <laughs> just at Arkansas. Let's do a jet sweep from the one. <laughs> With Alex Collins, our bruiser oh. back. instead. Oh, Logan just... With AJ Derby. <laughs> L- L- Logan just pulled a dr- poured a drink out. Uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll keep tabs on Coach Chaney as we go on. All right, well, guys, let's shift over to the offense because this, uh, this is an offense that was really productive last year, but they also lost a number of the heroes that made that offense happen. Uh, I want to start with Colby this time. Colby, who is your offensive guy uh, to look out for? I'm going to say Dev Wall, just, mm. I mean, because he's kind of had, you know, he went from coming in the spring, you know, thinking he's going to kind of share the carries, maybe like a 60-40 load, you know, 50-50 with uh, Raleigh. Uh, but now he's like, he's the he's just a sophomore, and he's got the most experience, besides David Williams, the grad transfer. But, I mean, he's the guy now. I mean, he went from, you know, it's a whole different role for him, and that's kind of a lot to take on as a, a sophomore. As far as talent, the guy's got, I mean, I think we all, you know, seen glimpses of glimpses of it. He had over 600 yards last year rushing. It's not too shabby, five and a half per carry. But um, you know, I, I think it's it's going to be a little different for him this year. And I, I think he's he's definitely got you know the, the it factor to um, take that next big step. But you know, um, you know, if he don't, it could be trouble for the Razorbacks. Um, um, it's hard to worry about really the running game. Um, with the Brett Bielema team, but uh, I think there's just a lot on uh, Devil's shoulders coming in, and uh, you know he's definitely good enough to take it on. I just that's my kind of concern, I guess. Sir, where's Devil Wooly? Devil Wooly. Eddie from Clarksville, shout out Duval. Duval. Where's Duval Wooly? Logan can never get him and uh, Yelta Frohody. He, he just butchers their names. Every and, day. and then they actually got Yelta to, to pronounce his name at media day, and it still didn't take hold. No, so. it didn't work out. Logan, who's your guy? Uh, I'm actually – so one of the biggest losses I think we have from last year is the wide receiver position. Mm. Uh, obviously running back as well coming from after Raleigh's injury. But wide receiver, we lost a number of guys. You know, you lose Drew Morgan. You lose uh, Dominique Reed. You lose, you lose quite a bit of talent there. So uh, for me, I'm going with T.J. Hammonds. I think him and some of these young receivers uh, have a chance to really step up here and be a – immediate impact because uh, right now all you've got is Jared Cornelius from an experience standpoint and um, he can't catch every ball I mean he could but right. I just don't see that happening so 
Uh, TJ's a guy that's very fast, uh, one of the more explosive players for us. Uh, I know we saw him a little bit last year doing like almost like a – I could see him being like a Joe Adams type, you know. Um, big shoes to fill, but – and I even saw somewhere where he might take some snaps as a, as a tailback as well. So um, he can honestly help in multiple places there. Um, you got some other wide receivers as well, like Jordan Jones from Smack over him, also very high on. Uh, I think he could also be somebody you hear his name quite a bit, so – um, just the wide receivers in general, man, they're going to step up because, I mean, you've got to – the good thing is you do have a senior quarterback. You know, Austin Austin played very well last year, so he's going to distribute the ball, I think, pretty well. So, uh, again, that's a positive. But some of these guys are going to step up. We're going to need some explosion from them. So. Are you, are you saying you would give it to uh, TJ on a jet sweep? I would definitely – he would get the jet sweep. If you had to run it, yeah, that's yeah. the guy you want yeah, to give it to. Yeah, I'm going to him. give it to him. So. Uh, I'm going to text Chaney and see what he thinks about <laughs> okay. that. So. Vetoed. Uh, at fullback sweep. Yeah, Kiero Small Sweep. Kiero Small Sweep. Come on, get outside, boys. Uh, <laughs> along that same vein, I, I'm going with Corlin Jackson. He's going to be a true freshman. Uh, he's from Little Rock. But this is a guy that has a ton of ability. He's got big old hands. He's big. He's he's fast. And, you know, he's a guy that I wasn't sure how much he was going to contribute as a freshman. And I don't know if anybody else was either. But he's just been blowing folks away at, at, at camp so far. And, you know, he's a guy that if he can step into that role and sort of be like a – even just like a Dominique Reed type, like hopefully one of these days better than, but if he can do what yeah. Dominique did, mm-hmm. like, I mean, that, that's not going to be a bad thing with that skill set, that speed, uh, you know, and he's just been making guys look silly. I've seen some videos that, I, that just blew my mind, uh, but he's just that type of athlete, you know, and I, I think he's a guy that you get him on the field and, you know, you kind of see what happens and you kind of let the ability carry him and, you know, as he grows into his craft a little bit, weight room, stuff like that, you know, he's a guy that, you know, I'm. I wasn't sure if he had all conference potential, but he might be an all conference type dude in two or three years. So, uh, pulling for jo- uh, Coylan, I think he's going to get some. Um, he's obviously going to get an opportunity because there's an opening there. So, um, yeah. So, uh, who's the running back from Memphis? There's another that, that guy. He's getting a lot Chase of, Hayden. Yeah, Chase Hayden. He's getting some hype right now too. Uh, I know. I could see him also. I mean, obviously, any running back that wants to step up and fill that that hole, you know, we're going to need somebody to step up. So, whoever it is, uh, we're going to need some help there. This, uh, remember, you know, there's no, you know, real experience on the wide receiver side, uh, J. Red, but uh, this kind of reminds me of the 2015 season a little bit. There is, um, and actually, this I think this uh, squad of wide receivers has a lot more uh, talent, but and a little deeper. But they just have haven't yet to prove it. But 2015, a couple players go down, and uh, you know, Drew Morgan steps up, and and uh, Keon Hatcher. You know, he was kind of a player, but he'd been injured a little bit. But you know, a couple of these guys kind of stepped up, and. Um, I think we could see some of these guys like Jordan Jones, Deion Stewart, step up. And um, I don't know, that's probably the only question mark I have. You know, I say that offensive line is my biggest question mark on, on no the doubt. offensive side. Um, you know, is Red or Austin Allen threw more touchdowns under stress than any other quarterback in the nation. And, you know, he had a decent season. He kind of he went down a little bit toward the end. But I think if, you know, the, the line can protect him a little more, open up some hopes for the running game, then you know, a little more balance next year. I, I think the offense can be really, really good, you know, maybe 2015 good. And, and I think the only thing we need then is a, a little better defense. But, um, you know, 2015 senior quarterback coming back, some new receivers step up. Um, there's a lot of talent there. And I think the as far as the tight end, they said yesterday they feel like they're 60. Last mm-hmm. year they had, you know, Jimmy Sprinkler's really good playing in the NFL right now. But they really were too deep last year, and then Jeremy Sprinkler was hurt. What like five games last year? Got spent at the bowl game. So, um, you know, you definitely want some depth there because they run some, you know, two wide or tight end sets, and sometimes they use the jumbo, jumbo, or I think they run three uh, tight ends 
like he's more of a blocker, but he's doing a little bit of things right now. And you got uh, Hayden uh, Johnson that's really good. He's a sophomore. So um, a lot of talent there. And I think you're seeing the offensive side especially. There's the talent starting to, you know, come up a little. You know, it's a little better than it has mm-hmm. been the past few years. I just need some guys to step up. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, the two tight end set is something that, you know, people – are really concerned about the receiver position and how thin it is, and it is to be sure. But they're not going to be rolling a bunch of three and four receiver sets out there. I mean, yeah. you're going to have a back in the backfield. You're going to have maybe a fullback sometimes. You're going to have at least one tight end sometimes too. So really, you've got you know what you've got with Cornelius, and you really need to find another two or three guys to sort of emerge. And I think that's the thing. But yeah, the tight ends, I can see them being a strength. And you know, the New England Patriots really showed how to do it when you've got two guys that can run and catch passes the last couple of years. So. So before we get going, I have one prediction. Oh, uh, oh, oh, oh. Because next, so next episode we're actually going to do our season predictions. We're going to go game by game, have a you know, see who all thinks we're going to beat who, who's going to beat who, and, and Logan's going to do a special Jim Cheney spinoff edition. Yeah. And we still got to figure out our our milkshake bet. We're going to work on that we're, yeah, in the meantime. There will but be discussions. My one prediction for today. We talked about this in the group chat about how Cole Kelly has been practicing at punter. Uh-huh. I can see a Club Burt special where we fake a punt. With Cole Kelly at some point this season. There will be some shenanigans with Cole Kelly punting. I'm, I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Shenanigans are going to incur this year. So, uh, And you don't think it'll happen in a non-conference game that's not close no, or something? No, you no, no. It's going to be a legit like, a.m. I mean, honestly, you got to think having Cole Kelly out there to punt is actually kind of a weapon because they kind of have to respect the fact that he can throw the ball. And even maybe run, you know, yeah, he's a big so, guy, yeah. So. I don't know if you forgot, but um, Ryan Mallett was in some sets a couple times and mm-hmm. like Pooch punted it. No, and no. so, you know, if you have somebody that, like Logan said, it's a pretty, pretty good weapon. You know, at least keeps the defensive honest and, uh, you know, at least can get a good punt off or there's not, not much of a return. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I like I like that prediction. Uh, hopefully it works out, though. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to try to wrap this thing up. We're kind of a little bit over time. But next week we're going to get our predictions in and uh, we'll get that taken care of. Then football season will be here and we'll start Thursday doing our, 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 game, our game preview. So, we'll talk to you guys later. Woo pig.